0: The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world.
1: I'm Susan Rose.
2: I'm Brian Mesrowski.
1: Postal workers locally looking to spread the word about a plan that could see local mail processed down the 90 in Rochester. WBEN's Tom Puckett tells us where the process stands now.
2: As civic leaders join postal workers in fighting to keep mail services in Buffalo, Frank Rezoterets of the American Postal Workers Union says the discussion has not been transparent. The
0: postal Service, from the first uh, inkling that they were considering the mail move, which was last August, has been very secretive about the existence of the study, the review, uh, for some time. Not until recently did they actually own up that there was a study and a review going on.
2: Rosa Terrat says what's called an advanced facer canceler machine could be moved to Rochester, and that could mean mail meant for across town here may
0: have to go to Rochester first. In perfect weather, just the fact that it has to be uh, dropped off here locally, and then it's driven sixty miles down the throughway for partial processing then it comes back here for finalized processing that extra drive up and down the throughway to a plant that's already processing your own mail uh, it remains to be seen what could it mean
2: for jobs he says the secrecy about what will happen means that is unclear a rally is being held this morning in buffalo with congressman brian higgins state senator tim kennedy and common council member mitch nowakowski a public meeting is coming up next week hear more about that online Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. Tom, thank you, and uh, something that's kind of perked the ears of a lot of people locally. Well, another winter storm, and natural gas in the spotlight for one congressman after the fact, WBEN's Max Ferry, here with more.
3: On Thursday, Congressman Nick Langworthy met with local utility and energy providers in western New York to get their perspective on the regulatory challenges that they're facing in their work to keep our community safe during winter storms, like last year's deadly blizzard.
4: The importance of reliable energy during New York winters cannot be overstated. It saves lives. Uh, Yet we see Governor Hochul and radicals in Albany continue to chip away at the access to natural gas In the state of New York, unleashing natural gas production will ensure that our state is prepared for future winters by increasing access to affordable and reliable energy.
3: The meeting Langworthy had with these energy providers appeared to be in a consensus that the energy deadlines brought upon New York state for the prohibition of natural gas hookups are not feasible and could cost households not outfitted with proper electric appliances between $30,000 and $40,000 per household.
4: We have to get real about this, and New Yorkers need to understand where your power comes from. Natural gas is not the enemy. It is the clean bridge fuel to the future. And the FERC report makes it very clear that if these policies don't change, the electric grid stands to fail in populated areas like western New York and in New York City, potentially leaving thousands of people without heat during winter storms. Natural gas is the difference between life and death in these situations.
3: Langworthy proposes that Congress start with the Low Energy Costs Act. All the details in full conference audio is available to you at WBEN.com. Max Ferry, WBEN.com News. Thank
1: you, Max. Workers at the Buffalo AKG Art Museum have voted to form a union. The vote was 36 to 28. This includes workers in visitor experience, facilities, and food and beverage. In a statement, AKG said we respect the outcome of the election and are committed to bargaining in good faith with the union. The next step will be to negotiate a fair contract.
2: Testimony underway in the manslaughter trial of Jennifer Crumbly in Michigan. She's the first parent of a convicted mass shooter to ever face criminal charges sitting at the defense table jennifer crumbly cried repeatedly during early witness testimony jennifer crumbly didn't pull the trigger that day but she is responsible for those deaths first to address the jury was prosecutor mark keist jennifer crumbly was still given the opportunity to prevent these murders from ever happening instead she chose to do nothing responding for the defense was attorney shannon smith
1: jennifer crumbly did the best she could as a mother.
2: John Hewitt for CBS News, Detroit.
1: The first 737 MAX 9 jet set to take off with passengers on board after weeks of being grounded transportation correspondent Chris Van Cleve says it comes as the CEO of Boeing was back on the hot seat on Capitol Hill.
4: The Boeing production line stopped today for a safety stand down focused on quality control issues. The flying public is counting on us. The day-long production pause comes as questions swirl around an anonymous post purportedly by a Boeing employee and a report in the air current that during final production Boeing accessed the door panel that eventually blew off an Alaska Airlines Max 9 mid-flight in order to make repairs to the the fuselage. If that work occurred, the four bolts holding the door in place would have to be removed. After the blowout, those bolts remain unaccounted for.
1: All right, and it's been about a month that those MAX 9 jets have been grounded.
2: Yeah, well, flying, difficult process no matter what airline you fly, but A new survey has some rated better than others.
1: The Wall Street Journal has released its annual list of the best and worst airlines of 2023, and some of them might surprise you. Delta took the first place spot for the third year in a row, while Alaska Airlines took second. Keep in mind, this list was put together before the Boeing door incident. Budget airline Allegiant swings in at number three, and coming in dead last place is JetBlue. Rankings are based on stats like on-time arrivals, cancellation rates, and baggage handling. Jen Clark, CBS News.
2: How about that, with the rankings? Door blows off the plane, you're number two. Um, yeah. That, that ruined the number one. No, it was uh, before that. The uh, JetBlue is dead last. Does that tell you anything about this? Because I think it tells something to me. Because I feel like I always hear good things. I do, too. About JetBlue.
1: Like public satisfaction. I feel like they're number one.
2: But you think about where JetBlue flies. Isn't that mostly known for, like, New York City and, like, you know, kind of like those flights in and out, like business people who travel a lot? I think it's now business people who complain a lot.
1: That might be, like is that you might what sets right. it apart yeah, in the bottom? Like maybe. If,
2: if one of us were to fly JetBlue, we'd be like, man, this is pretty nice. Um But like, it's flown maybe more by I don't know snooty people, right? Is that? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not a business. I love JetBlue, but you yeah, know,
1: I've never had I've never heard about a bad experience. No,
0: they they were the first with the but TVs no. in the back of the seat. They got the radio. They they comfortable. They got the blue chips.
1: Yeah, blue chips. Yeah, they're, they're known for their blue chips.
2: Oh, well, shows you how much I... <laughs> Up in the skies.
1: The exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast calls for mostly cloudy skies this afternoon with areas of drizzle and patchy fog. We'll see cool highs close to 40 with light winds. Pockets of drizzle continuing into tonight with a few areas of fog. Overnight lows down into the mid-30s. Mostly cloudy tomorrow. Highs close to 40 degrees. Widespread wet snow and snow developing on Sunday with only minor accumulations in the metro area and a better chance of accumulating snow on the hill top south of Buffalo will see highs in the mid-30s. Cloudy skies with a few snow showers possible for Monday with highs in the low-30s. With the exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Mary Beth Roble. Erie County DA John Flynn is joining us on the Trocare College Live Line this morning. John announced that he is leaving office at the end of March. And John, I think one thing people are wondering is why now? Why not finish your term?
0: Well, because a business opportunity arose, Susan, uh, and you know the law firm that I'm going to, uh, you know, wanted me there sooner rather than later. Uh, there are a number of, of ventures uh, that we're looking at in the law firm where the timing is that. Uh, you know they they wanted me there before the end of the year, and uh you know I, I talked about it with my family and decided that I, I really wanted to make this move and and go to this particular law firm and go to lipus messias uh and you know the, the the timing as far as their their business model and what they wanted to do uh like i said was uh, was sooner rather than later i I wanted obviously also to, though to uh you know I'm the president of my uh, of, of our state d a association and the budget process uh, with New York State ends on April 1st. Uh, And so, you know, I needed to stay until we finished that budget process so I can ensure that VA's offices, including Erie County across the state, you know, get the funding that they deserve going forward.
2: So it's been asked uh, by us, by many people before, and we'll ask it once again just because you're on with us here. Uh, You're taking this new job in private practice but do you still have any sort of eye toward public office?
0: No, I don't. I, you know, Brian, I've I've, uh, I've served 28 years in the Navy. Um, I've served uh, 22 years now uh, in public service in this community from my time in Tonawanda as a council member, a judge, and uh, as uh, now as a DA for the past uh, seven plus years. So, you know, you got 28 and 22 years if we're, looking at consecutive time, that's 50 years (laughs) of public service, you know, and uh, I I think I have, uh, I think I've served my community well, and I think it's this time now for a, uh, for a different chapter of my life. You know, I'm young enough now to kind of start something new and start something fresh. And, uh, you know, for me and for my family, this is obviously a great opportunity.
1: You know, John, you've handled a number of big cases here as DA. Is there anything that you're sorry you're not seeing through?
0: Well, I'm obviously sorry that, I'm not seeing some of the changes that I wanted to make, you know, uh, in Albany, um, you know, bail reform, uh, discovery reform, raise the age, uh, you know, the, you know, there there are obviously a number of criminal justice issues that were created uh, in my tenure uh, by the New York State Legislature, uh, you know, done in Albany, that you know, conceptually I was okay with. Um, you know, I'm okay with giving people who are just charged with misdemeanors, you know, and not having them sit in jail uh, in pretrial. I mean, conceptually, I'm fine with that. You know, conceptually, I agree that you know, kids who are 16 and 17 year olds, who you know, are not adults, and they they make mistakes, and they don't have the they don't think clearly sometimes. And so, you know, I, I'm all for um, you know the 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 overreaching overall. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, thought process behind bail reform and raise the age. But like I said many times before, I think they went too far. I think that we need to pull back on some of it and uh, and make some more tweaks. And obviously that, that didn't get done.
2: You know, looking back in your time as DA, it's been a, a number of years and a number of high-profile cases what is something you're going to kind of take with you and remember and kind of say, like, all right, this is how I left my mark on the DA's office uh, that will
0: be there for many years going forward? Well, obviously, Brian, the Topps case was the biggest case that, you know, arguably um, this entire state has ever seen. I mean, certainly it was the biggest case this community has ever seen and you know i mean that you know that that case is still obviously going on from a federal standpoint as far as the death penalty is concerned but you know the the reality is is that you know the epicenter of that case was uh was handled by my office i mean you know my, my my office was the one who first prosecuted that case got the guilty plea in that case uh we were instrumental in dealing with the victim's families in that matter we were at the forefront of dealing with the community uh in that matter and and obviously uh, you know, my role and my office's role in the prosecution and the aftermath, quite frankly, the healing process with the community uh, in that case is obviously something I'm very proud of. I'm obviously, obviously it's a, I'm not proud of what happened. I mean, it's a tragic incident, you know, that, that touched all of our lives, uh, uh, you know, not just the, you know, obviously directly to family members, but, you know, it affected you and me as well and everyone in Buffalo and Erie County. Uh, and so obviously i'm proud of i'm I'm proud of the successful prosecution in that case and uh and I'm proud of the healing process that's going to take you know a long time, but that we've been part of in my office uh, um, as far as with the victims and the family and the community, things that the public really doesn't see uh that 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 obviously you know stands out first and foremost
1: you know John, I'm thinking I don't know if I've heard your reaction at all to Merrick Garland announcing that they will seek the death penalty against the top shooter.
4: Well, you know,
0: I, Susan, I, I'm, you know, I, I've tried to stay in my own lane. You know, I've tried not to get in the federal case at all. I mean, obviously, you know, as we've talked about a number of times when the case first, uh, you know, started back in in 2022, that you know there were two separate paths here, two parallel prosecutions, a federal prosecution and a state prosecution. Uh, you know, what what made this unusual that I think I told you before, Susan, was. That in most of these cases where there's a parallel prosecution, the, uh, you know, the the federal uh, uh, government also handles the actual civil rights prosecution and, and, and the domestic violence, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, terrorist, domestic terrorism charges that occurred. You know, we in New York actually had that statute, so I was able to prosecute the domestic terrorism charge. Um, the murder charge, you know, all of that, which, you know, normally doesn't happen. Normally the feds handle that. Um, so the feds, you know, only really have, you know, the role here now as far as the death penalty, you know, and and again, I, you know, I'm, I'm personally not a big death penalty guy, but I obviously respect their decision, um, you know, and it you know, gosh, if there was ever a case for the death penalty, this would certainly be it. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I try not to weigh in on their case, you know, and I'm, I really don't want to weigh in on their case at all. Um, but obviously I, I, I respect their decision and I respect their prosecution.
2: You are stepping down at the end of March. Obviously, uh, your deputy DA will take over, but then, you know, many months until a new election. Are you planning on making an endorsement uh, for the next DA? Um, anything like that in the future?
0: Oh, I, I already have, Brian. I mean, I I, I already have made it clear that uh, you know my deputy district attorney, Mike Kane, is uh, 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 uniquely qualified uh, for this position. I mean, so what happens from a from a legal standpoint, procedural standpoint, is that once there's a vacancy in the district attorney's office, the deputy DA becomes the acting DA automatically, and. He or she stays as the acting as the acting DA until uh, until the end of the year, December thirty first. That is unless the governor appoints. The governor always has the ability to appoint uh, a DA for until December. Now I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but uh, you know, uh, I, if it does, it does. If it doesn't, then obviously, um, you know, my deputy D.A. Mike Kane is the acting DA, and you know, m- m- you know, m- my deputy Mike Kane has been my. Uh, right-hand man for the past seven years. He's been my deputy district attorney, handled a day-to-day operation of the office, and, and, and speaking of Topps' case, you know, he was a supervising attorney uh, you know, in that Topps' case. Uh, so obviously, you know, he is uniquely qualified, and uh, of course, I uh, strongly uh, encourage uh, the voters of Erie County to consider Mike Cain, and, and, and I endorse him.
1: All right. Hey, John, we wish you all the best, and we hope that we can continue to talk with you in the future. Absolutely. So there's no problem at all. Have a great day. Great. That's Erie County District Attorney John Flynn, who's leaving office March 31st.
0: That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award winning WBEN Newsroom.